Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Authentic Faith Podcast. Hello, hello. My name is Brad <laughs> Lawson, and I am your co-host today Woo. on the Authentic Faith Podcast. Welcome. I'm here with my friend and pastor, Jemmy Prudhomme, <clears throat> one of the most special people in our church, in my life, and just an all-around amazing person. You're going to hear much more about her as we go. And we're, I'm also here with my co-host, who was recently demoted <laughs> because of some comments she made. We Mar- came on the level, okay? <laughs> this is Mariah. So, Hello. Thank you for being here. Brad so, rose up to it, okay? He just rose up. So Mariah, I just want to give you guys a little context. Today, we're in a staff meeting it's and we're talking warm. about life. and She's going to get really uncomfortable because I'm going to call her out. She gave me this idea for this amazing podcast. And then she was like, I'm going to talk about things that we can't talk about here. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I felt she put me in a religious box. Mm, And so the energy you're going to feel from me today is me breaking out of the religious box that my co-host put me in. (laughs) Did I? Or was it like, you know, just your own? I've never (laughs) once put a box around you. I don't know. So how did I get in the box? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, the Authentic Faith podcast is a very raw Mm -hmm. and open conversation where we can Mm -hmm. discuss lots of things. Yeah. No holding back now. No holding back. It's on. We're at episode four. We're just getting started. You haven't seen anything. No, it's going to be so fun. We cannot wait. And Mariah and our talented and amazing admin assistant, Clover, are Cooking in the Kitchen, an awesome podcast for our women. Let's go. And it's going to be coming in the next several months. And all we're not going to drop the name yet. Now, hold it back. Just stick with us. Keep listening for 46 weeks, and we'll release the name. (laughs) No, just kidding. Whatever it is. 46 or 46? 46. Oh, my gosh. Keep listening the rest of the year, and eventually it will come out. Yeah, but anyways... Mm. They're releasing a really cool, or they're putting together, they're cooking up the idea for a podcast for our young women. So, yeah. So excited. Yeah. For anyone, just really, really good stuff. Can't share any details yet. Let's go. And so, yeah. So, we're here today to talk with <laughs> Jemmy. And uh, all kidding aside, when I talk about the heart of our ministry and you know what we represent and who we are, I can point to Jesus. Mm. And if someone ever needs to see what flesh and blood on that looks like, mm. I point to Jemmy. Oh gosh, that's that's a very sweet thing to say about. <laughs> yeah, it no, I'm dead serious. Like I don't know anyone in my opinion that reflects more accurately the heart of our vision and the heart of who we are and the way that we approach God and the city and people um Really, it was you and actually Landon that were the first two that we really began to form the culture of our church and, you know, just our identity as a ministry. And so you are super, super important to me. You and your family walked into our church how many years ago? 
I mean, this was before Two Trees started, so this was this was like five years ago. Five years ago, and Plus. we were connected. And for whatever reason, when we decided to start this church four years ago, they said, hey, we believe in you, and we're in this with you. And so I said, hey, do you want to jump all in? And they said, yeah. So you've been along for the ride. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, it was really amazing, the, Lord, the way that the Lord orchestrated everything. We had... Um, you know, we had been searching for a Sunday church. We were in between places, and there was something that happened the day that we were visiting another church, and we were running late. And then, you know, some of our friends um, recommended or suggested, hey, why don't we swing by this other church? It's a church plant in Ventura. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go. And so we took our two families over to the Goodyear building, and we were early. We were running late to the other service for the other church, but early to this uh, service that you were putting together. And we walked in, and you were the only person in the building because we were early, and and it was wonderful. You greeted us at the door and just showed us um, a tour of the building. And, you know, I felt like it was a just a heavenly divine relationship right off the go because it was like, here's the pastor of the church. He's in, in the building before anyone gets there, he's praying, he's setting up and he gives us a tour. It was just like, it was so kind. And I just felt amazing right away, just like a a connection. And then shortly after that, it was like, then we started coming to service and every, every single um, sermon was like speaking directly to Garrett and I, it was like, I would look at him every, every Sunday, like, oh my gosh, like God is totally speaking to us. And there were so many confirmations. And then the Thomas fire hit. And then, you know, that whole process with our house catching on fire. And then we were there the next day serving alongside you and pouring out and supporting, um, you know, the first responders and housing them at the church building. And it was really like a spiritual shift in my life where I had come out of something that could have been one of the most traumatic seasons of my life to the very next day. You were like, we got this. Let's go. Let's 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 support the city. And for those who don't know, Ventura, the Thomas fire actually burned the majority of the city. And I mean, thousands of homes were lost, right? I don't remember the exact number, but there were thousands of homes that were lost. And we actually, our church turned into like a humanitarian evacuation center. Yeah. And we were housing firefighters and evacuees and all this. We ended up getting other local businesses and stuff to come and sponsor lunches. And we were doing shifts and it was awesome. We just wanted to serve. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like for us and for, because at that time our kids were younger. I mean, so or, you know, our three kids were younger. And so they saw this, tra- you know, this tragic situation for our family, you know, shift into the next day. Like we we're all serving alongside one another, you know, blessing the city, collecting water, housing firefighters. And it's like, it gives you just like, for the trajectory of our family, it was like, we are a family that's gonna represent Jesus, even yeah. in the middle of like the craziest seasons of our life, the most difficult things. And it's like, that is what service is. And that is what living a life for Jesus is, is there is the, the there are these things that happen in life that can be hazardous or tragic, but the Lord will turn all things to good for those who believe. And we, you know, it's like, Every step of the way since we've been joined with this ministry, it's like glory to glory. The Lord is just revealing his faithfulness and huge miracles, like things that we can't even like share, but just huge provision, you know, in in seasons where, you know, Garrett and I could have lost our marriage, could have lost our home, could have lost all these things. It's like the Lord 
is so faithful and he has restored all of these things. And so we have just this adventure life now with two trees where, you know, what life looks like is living like a radical Jesus Mm. life where it's like, you don't want to have church. You don't want to look like a church building. You want to look like Jesus. And so what does that look like? It's like, it's feeding the hungry. It's housing the homeless. It's, you know, it's, it looks like something to be a follower of Christ. And that, you know, in that moment, you know, our house is burning down, you know, we were praying in our kitchen. My dad was there praying. Brad was on the phone praying. And like, just as we're praying in our kitchen, as our house is on fire, you know, literally there's firefighters pulling up, putting our house out, wow. you know, where it was like we were in a, a Supernatural situation. answers Supernatural. to prayer. Yeah. Wild stuff. And I remember when we were all praying, like my dad said to Benjamin, who was, he was emotional in our kitchen. He's like, Benjamin, the Lord is going to prove himself to you in this situation. And it's like that. I don't want to get emotional, but it's like, you know, those okay. pivotal you, moments. You can get emotional. Yeah. This we're is the place the bo- for it. We're out of the box here. So we're this out is of the box. No limits here. I'm never getting back in that box again that Mariah put me in. <laughs> That's a lie. Yeah. That's a lie. No box. She did not. Mariah yeah. doesn't put me in a box. Mm-hmm. I'm giving her a hard time. And by that. the way, she's not demoted. No. She's, I, uh, she she's asked me it. if I, I would co-host. She asked me if I would co-host with her, and I've been kind of defiant. I've been saying, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. But all of a sudden. All of a sudden today, she she boxes me up, and I'm like, okay, Whatever animal. it takes. I'm so excited you're here right now. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, get it. Let's get it going, because I'm there happy. Go. We got like the fire. fire. We got right? like the fire. We got it. And so, you know, in that process, we became partners with your ministry. It's like we, you know, became, you know, instant friends and family and just seeing, you know, having a model of, you know, a Christian faith where it's like we aren't just trying to draw people into, you know, a church service or, you know, have a certain amount of numbers. It's like we want people to know who Jesus is and love people like Jesus loves. And that looks like something. It doesn't, you know, when you walk into a church building, you know, and it feels stuffy or you don't feel you're welcome. That's the opposite of how Jesus made people feel. Mm-hmm. Everybody was drawn to Jesus because of who he was and he is perfect love. And that's how people need to feel when they encounter us as believers. And so that's how, you know, we felt that with your ministry right away. And, you know, it was like from the Thomas fire to COVID to all, you know, all these things that sort of like we're living in a very, you know, I think you know, it's a huge historic time in the history of humanity where there's all of these things going on globally, even in California, there's, you know, huge things happening and people need to know who Jesus is more than ever. Mm -hmm. And so we're not playing church anymore. We don't have an agenda. Our agenda is Jesus. Why is that so convoluted? Mm. Like you say, I want to have a ministry that looks like Jesus. Or maybe convoluted is not the right word, but why is that rare? What does that look like? Because the body of Christ should look like Christ, right? Absolutely. So why doesn't it happen? And when we say we want to look like Jesus, why is it like we're going to take these aspects of Jesus that are more comfortable and more digestible for us as a body and not the full gospel of who he is and what he does because you start talking miracles and you lose a whole portion of the body, but then you start talking truth. You lose a whole other portion of the body where everything's relative. Like why is it so messed up in your opinion? Well, I feel like, you know, we live in a, it's, it's a really interesting time, you know, culturally it's like we have extremes on both sides. So it's like, you know, you can make an allowance for all of these, you know, lifestyles or, or ideas or ways of living that, um, 
or don't align with biblical scripture, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have, you know, sort of like this generation that is living the most radical, you know, existence ever. And then you have the church. And I think a lot of times mm. the church feels like, well, we have to be this start. We have to be the law, right? And they maybe are holding on to those, you know, bi- that are biblical truths. But there's two ways that churches, you know, can come or they have to they have to be law or they have to be love with we no truth everybody. and we well, accept everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. It's like you know, just as what you were saying at church on Sunday, it's like if you lead these little ones astray, it's like if you make an an allowance for a lifestyle or something that's dangerous to these little ones and you say it doesn't matter what you do, you know, you can go any wh- which way. It's like that's a dangerous position to be in. Yeah, I know. As well. it, it, and I know Mariah wanted to talk about the prophetic and about your spiritual know, gifts. Going, so we're, just going, going. we're going with it. Okay, we're going with it. We're but um, Sunday, I, I don't say things without a lot of thought, usually when it's about very important subjects like that. But Sunday, I'd mentioned, you know, just the gender confusion stuff a little mm-hmm. bit. And not only just the fact that it exists, but that it's promoted and even pushed by adults, you know, and with the kids when they're still trying to figure out what sport they want to play, what colors they like, how to feel about the way they feel, how to process, how to critically think that it's just dangerous. Somebody actually asked me if I, because I didn't quite clarify on Sunday, so it might be good for me to clarify here. Somebody asked from our church, they said, are you saying don't talk to kids about sex? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying don't lead them to further confusion when they don't know how to describe what they feel and let them be kids and let nature take its course. And at the proper time, they should be taught about God's design for sex if you're a Christian. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know that in a healthy family, like parents should be doing that. I understand there's many kids that don't have healthy families. Mm -hmm. I understand there's many households that maybe there isn't a solid mom and dad. And in those situations, I'm going to trust the grace of God and that somehow he's going to fill in the gap for them. But we should be very, very careful. Jesus said, if you make one of the little ones stumble, it would be better for you to throw yourself into the sea and drown yourself. That's a heavy, heavy statement. Yeah. And we're just like, feed our kids anything. We we throw kids away. Or we're like... Hey, just, you know, even with like pro-life stuff, you know, like things like that, like just life at a young age matters less and less. Right. Well, I think there's so much where we're just like, okay, well, our children can be exposed to all these different ideas. And then it's like hope for the best, you know, it's like fingers crossed, you know, but obviously like we take talking to children, especially four and under about sexual topics, like that's predatory. And so it's like, that's what I said Sunday. So, so I think that's the thing that's like a challenge also it's like okay you're loving like jesus you're looking like jesus but jesus also said go and sin no more it's like you're healed now go and sin no more yeah. and so like saying that sin doesn't exist or that sin doesn't kill people or that it doesn't burn down families that's that's dangerous too mm-hmm. and so it's like we have to look you know it's like open the bible 
read what it says, and that's what we, you know, that's what we're yeah. telling people. And he know? doesn't call it sin because he wants to ruin your good time or spoil the your weekend over. plan. <laughs> he calls it sin because it has the power to hurt you. It kills you. Yeah, yeah the wages yeah. of sin is death. And so, and I say that to my kids as well. It's like, God's not standing up, you know, it's like, even all of like the laws, you know, in Leviticus and on, it's like, you know, the Lord was telling the children of Israel a healthy way of living where they had no refrigeration. It's like, you know, it said that disease lived right. in the blood before it could even be scientifically proven. Like thousands of years later, so good. you realize that like everything that God said to the children of Israel is 100% correct before it could ever be proved. So it's like God wants to preserve people. He loves mm-hmm. people. His will is that none should perish, but all should have eternal life. And so our mission as the church needs to be that. It's like we love people. Everyone is welcome, but we're going to be honest with you about what that looks like. And you got. we want everyone to be free, too. Well, it's like freedom is a really well, that's what crucial I, part. I, I came from the, the question that I had from someone in our church about us being open and affirming, which was a really good question because we don't ask those questions mm-hmm. enough and we just assume we know what people believe. And I said, mm-hmm. it's a yes and no answer. We're open to all people. We love all people. We embrace all people. We love without expectation. We just try to model the love of Jesus. But when it comes to affirming all lifestyles, we cannot affirm what the Bible doesn't affirm if we're Bible believing Christians. Yeah, absolutely. You know, That's and good. this is not like preaching a sermon here. Sorry, Mariah. No. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. Like, we <laughs> cannot uh, we can't well I just know like yeah. we had a direction we wanted to go with this this episode, but like you have a responsibility to represent truth. So why do the churches run from truth or why do they run from Jesus revealed in Scripture? Because they're mm. maybe afraid of being not being accepted, maybe? Yeah, but I think a big part of the problem with the modern church is the absence of the presence of God. Mm. And so it's like if you are just like reading a word and then you are not applying what the word says, it's like, you know, it's like faith without works is dead, yeah. right? So it's like there is something like there's a reading, there's spending time in the presence of God, and there's an activation season where you're actually doing what, you know, the Bible says. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about prophecy and does God still speak? It's like, you know, in the Old Testament, there were prophets that were assigned, you know, that spoke to all of the children of Israel, and God was telling the prophet and the prophet would speak and they would, you know, anoint the king, and and that was sort of like their government was uh, around the prophet, right? And so, mm-hmm. and he would appoint the king, whoever God said. But after Jesus rose in the Great Commission, it wasn't just one prophet anymore. He said, you are going to prophesy. All of my sons all of my, and daughters. All my sons and my daughters, my, you know, the Spirit will pour out on all flesh. So no, good. I was just going to say, you're, you're going into what you it's had to so say. so good, yeah. yeah. Go. I just no, keep, keep listening. Want, yeah, no, please. Keep, go, keep going. I wasn't interrupting you. I'm telling her to get ready because no, we she was wanting to talk about yeah. the voice of God. No, I just, yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I met you at, at, I was kind of like, who is this lady? How does she know every, like my brother so well? And they're like very close. But I remember she, I'm thinking she's my people mm-hmm. because prophetic people, it can be kind of weird sometimes. Oh yes. We, so it's weird. not a weird <laughs> thing, but like, what, like you were saying, a lot of churches without the gifts without Holy Spirit, without his presence. It's like when someone comes in with like eyes to see and they speak something out with authority, it's like, this is kind of different. What is this? And I remember hearing you and you were one of the people that I, I remember thinking she's my people, like somebody that can 
feel what's going on around and like that's the body the body's supposed to have all those parts like prophetic yeah. is yeah. a huge part and and yeah. i feel like you carry that and yeah yeah well we, we're, you're leading something in our church right now like as um a pastor of like women and families and i feel like you have you're just this authority like bursting out of you and the prophetic and and just your life well i just you know it's like so i think every believer has to come to the realization it's like okay is the god of the bible real is jesus Mm -hmm. who he says he is and then if he is right that's like that should change everything right it should be like radically blow up your life if jesus is who he says he is if he's the healer if he's the baptizer in the holy spirit if he's coming again Mm -hmm. you know it's like we don't even a lot of churches don't even talk about jesus coming back it's like that's how how far off like into like yeah seeker friendly universe we are it's like you have to read what the word says and apply it to your life. And it looks like something. And right? he said, like the Great Commission. What was the Great Commission? Right. So, you know? well, yeah, what I was touching on earlier, it's like, you know, when God said, when Jesus ascended, he said, I am going to send the comforter to you and he's going to equip you to do greater works than I did. So it's like, what are the works that Jesus did? Mm-hmm. And what did greater works than that look like? Are we yeah. seeing that? Is that are we seeing that now in the church? So in this time of the fires, in this time of COVID, in the time of like your your own kids and kids around you, like figuring out their life and identity, like how do, how does the church go about like speaking into that and praying? Like what, hmm, like how do you speak into that? How, what's the tools? Is it from prayer, like prophecy with your children? Like how would you, encourage somebody to in those hard season like the like something like fire something like your own family struggles at the same time make it real personal because we're just talking about it talk about like how to deal with some of the confusion yeah yeah in your kids like how do you speak into it yeah Yeah. well i think i mean uh, obviously like brad touched on earlier not everybody has parent you know godly parents or gods that are you know parents that are serving the lord but you have when the Lord gives you children, your voice, you know, you give them their name. Mm-hmm. You know, no. your job is to speak over them who they are, right? It's like you see who they are. I know this oh, is just so, so good. good. Oh, this is gosh. like a really sweet little thing that my dad used to do. But, <clears throat> you know, growing up, he'd always go, you know, wherever I was in the house, I'd come in from sports or whatever, or running amok in the streets, skating all hours of the night, whatever. You know, I would come in the door and he's like, Jem. I'm proud of you. I love you. You're a good girl. You know, always my whole life. I'm like, dad, why are you telling me you're proud of me? I know, right? But always. He's I like, that to my he's girls like too. I love you. And, you know, we would always do this things like, I love you. I love you more, you know? And no, 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 I love you more. And Gem, I'm so proud of you. And so like, there's a difference, good. you know, as a child deciding, you know, which path they're going to take. It's like, it's the love of God that draws us to repentance. It's the love that draws us in to having a relationship with a loving God who is, God is love, right? And so it's like, there's the law and it's like, this is a list of things that we can't live up to. Obviously, we can all agree on that, right? Everybody's fallen short of the glory. And then Jesus came, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that is he changed everything. Yeah. It's like, we aren't guilty anymore, mm. you know? And so that is the liberty. It's like, we're going to make mistakes. There's going to be, you know, multiple voices in the atmosphere. You know, children are going to have every option of any way to live. 
But the only thing that brings peace in a home is the presence of God. That's good. So good. And I, and I want to I take this a step deeper, too, because yeah. there's a lot of what you're saying. I think people out there, sometimes they maybe not, don't even realize when you say Jesus in the Bible, this stuff is possible, right? Yeah. So, like, they, your life is very, very real. When I talk about you being... Mm-hmm. Essentially, when I think like, okay, be Jesus, and if someone doesn't know how to put flesh on that, I say, okay, well, follow Jemmy, like get to know Jemmy or get to know Landon or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's a real thing. There's not many times that we come together around a table to talk that we don't end up laying hands on somebody, declaring truth over people. I mean, basically every staff meeting-ish, doesn't happen every week, but essentially every meeting... We're breaking out, laying hands on one another, praying well, over one another. You're yeah. seeing things. What is it? Something I mean, will come up and we're like, okay, let's stop talking and let's pray about it. Yes. And I love that. Like the the permission, like, no, okay, do we believe God or not? Like, let's stop struggling and getting in that swirl. Like, don't give yourself into that swirl in your family, in the church and wherever. And like, let's pray about it. Like, yeah. not just ask, hey, but like declare. Right, yeah. absolutely. You know? And that's, we've talked about that too. It's like, you'll see somebody with a need and, they, and you'll, you'll say, oh, I'll pray for you. Or yeah, I'll, I'll be praying for you or whatever. But it's like, we want to be activated yeah. as a church and laying hands and, and seeing God move in power. Um, yeah, with just like, you know, hearing God, it's like, and that's for that's, Thessalonians. It says pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, what does that look like? It means that in your spiritual walk as a believer, you're talking to God all the time. You know, it's like, and yes. you know, you're talking, yes. you're having a conversation with the Lord, you know, but that, and walk that with him and walking with him and yeah. talking to him. But that is something that releases the prophetic as well. It's like being in a relationship with the Lord where you're talking, you know, and, and, you know, singing to the Lord a new song, having a prophetic song. It's like, you know, in the word where it says, sing to the Lord a new song, it's like, what's a new song? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, I recently had a situation in my life that was traumatic and I'm just like walking around my home declaring the promises of God. It can be biblical promises. It can be, you know, whatever the Lord is laying on your heart, you know, but, you know, your voice is is so important. It's like as a believer, it's like okay. you need to know your authority. So that So when Jesus ascended and he sent the Holy Spirit, it's like, there's authority when the Holy Spirit is released to equip the saints to do the ministry of Jesus. So what is that? It looks like something. It is people that are filled to overflowing yeah. with the presence of God, and the presence of God is in you. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into a room, the atmosphere should change That's when good. you walk into the room because yes. you're carrying the presence of God, mm. and the, right? The kingdom of God is with you, and like wherever yeah. you go, so you shift the atmosphere. You can go into the avenue and shift the atmosphere. You can go into your workplace and shift it, like yeah. your family life. Yeah, I think about the times that you've spoken in my life. I remember being just a handful of people in that prayer room in our old building. And I remember we would pray before service. And I remember the first one you gave me, it wasn't the first, I mean, you gave me many words, but you said, I see you standing underneath this house and I see these pillars coming up out of the ground. And that was a season that Mariah was coming in and all these other big time leaders from our church came in. And at that time, I didn't, I saw them, but I didn't really realize what was happening. Yeah, And these were big, like massive leaders stepping into our ministry, finding the foundation of Mm. our ministry together. And now they're leading this, whatever it is that God's done. I think about when you saw the open heaven or you're, I came off stage or as before I went up, you came up and you were totally moved. You're like, I just saw like 
God doing something over this church. It was like there were angels. I don't know. It was, yeah. what do you see? Mm-hmm, so I'm curious please. about that. Like, tell me because I don't see, I, I've seen things. Yeah. But tell us when did it Jimmy's start? Jimmy's a mystic. How did, no. it, how did it start? <laughs> tell me about that because mm-hmm. sometimes like you'll say stuff and, I'm, and I know from experience it's real. Right. Well, so I did grow up with like a very spirit filled father and family, my, you know, and so I did understand the gifts at a young age. Like I grew up and especially like the women in ministry thing. Like I never grew up thinking about myself as like, oh, I'm a girl. So there's this limit of what I can do. It just didn't even like exist in my brain. Like my dad was like, we're going to lay hands so on the sick. We're going to go, yeah. you know, he, we, when I was like, uh, you know, 10 and 11, he would do these huge, cause my dad has been a missionary to Mexico, like pretty much like all of my up, upbringing. And so he would teach, you know, big in LA at big uh, Spanish speaking churches and there'd be interpreter, but we would, I grew up seeing like God move in radical ways where people were set free of, demonic oppression and healed and all these things so i knew that god was real and that it was like it wasn't just like a book you know a storybook but there it can be applied to life now you know and people are hurting and there's a reason why jesus hasn't come back yet it's like the ministry is still there's still work to be done Mm -hmm. and so growing up knowing that it's like i had a relationship with the lord you know i remember very young, like reading about, you know, Moses and, you know, I'm like, I wanted, I was like that. I was like, I need to see you. I need to know if you're real, show me, you know, and I know everybody's walk is a little bit different, but that was just how I was from a very young age. So I'd be like, I need to hear you. And, and in that, and just spending time in his word, it's like, you learn to hear what the voice of the Lord sounds like, you know, it's like when I, I was just reading in Samuel, like when the Lord calls Samuel when he was, you know, given um, mm-hmm. and he was, tra- you know, a, a prophet in training, but he's in the temple and and someone calls out his name and he goes and he's like, are you calling for me? He's like, no, no. And then, you know, it's like, okay, the next time you hear it called, say, here I am, Lord. You know, so like God speaks, God speaks. And it was interesting on that. That's a great, great, great story for that. He couldn't discern between the voice of God and the voice of his father. It was very familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he had to go and he had to ask questions and yeah. you had to seek out answers. And then finally yeah. you have to say, Lord, I'm here. And then you get the rest of the instructions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And having and being teachable. And, you know, I think the first step is knowing that God still is speaking. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like we serve a real God. Jesus hasn't come back yet. The gifts are for now. Like that is something that needs to be established. And then if God is speaking, like, I want to know what he has to, I want, I want to hear his voice. Yeah. What are you doing? You know, it's like, what's I the first say, thing you saw? Yeah. Well, like, um, cause you see, like, cause I can think about mine. I don't want to go into the long story, but I think the first time God showed up in a dream yeah. and spoke to me audibly when I woke up, like it was real, real. I went to my band at the time and I said, guys, I got to tell you something. I had no religion at all. So it's a yeah. total different background. I went to my band and I said, guys, give me a beer. Like we're at practice. <laughs> I said, beer me. So yeah, Jesus is real. Yeah. I don't know what to do about this. He showed up in my dream and then he spoke to me mm. and half of them were like, wow, that's awesome. The other half were like, you're crazy. You're crazy. You, you've yeah. lost your mind. And that was the beginning of the science for me. And I mean, yeah. it was vivid, vivid, mm. like, um, people out there are going to judge me, but like, mm. it's like it. mushroom mm. trip. Oh yeah. 
like type right, stuff, yeah. oh, like yeah. where like psychedelic type stuff where he's the real thing. But I was sober <laughs> and it, and, and it, when you have a real spiritual encounter like that, yeah, I mean, you can't mistake it for anything else. It was more real. The only way to describe it to people in my early days of faith, I've had probably four or five actual God given dreams. They're more real than what I experience here in a day to day. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's almost as if, Oh, this is, the reality this is reality no that's a really good way of describing it yeah no totally because there's like this whole spiritual realm that exists that when you encounter the real thing you won't mistake it's Mm -hmm. not mistakable you're not like oh well that might be god it's like no this is power yeah even non-believers who like meet god in a dream or on drugs they like see god and he's like ditch what you've been doing like come to me like mm-hmm. in the Middle East, Jesus appears to these people oh, left yeah. and right. They see visions of him. Like yeah. it's normal. It's yeah. here that we're so confused by it. We're skeptics. You know? Yeah. You see, you yeah. see in Acts, I don't know why I'm thinking about Peter on top of the rooftop yeah. praying. Oh. And he's getting visions of animals and sheets, and God's breaking him out of his religious box that people yeah. are trying to put him into. <laughs> yeah. And Take all this and kind eat. of stuff. So what's the first thing you saw? And what's <laughs> well, the, I, saw a I would lot say, of weird, what's, what's, so I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. So I, I get it. It gets weird. So let's yeah. not get too weird, well, but let's get weird enough that it yeah. makes a sense, makes sense to people and yeah. sticks with them. Here's he's what I want weird. to know. I'll ask a question. Off the top of your head, what's the most profound vision you've had from God? Well, recently, I would say when we were worshiping at the church during COVID, like during the COVID lockdowns, it was like um, right after was pro- we had probably been there a few weeks, but it was like one of the days where like it was like guaranteed to rain, and we were there early, and we were praying that it wouldn't rain, right? Yes, Which was like day. I think Landon was- <laughs> called me that day and told me it was. Sprinkling. Were we outside? Yeah, we were. Out- tr- oh. Yeah, we were outside in, oh, the, in that the park. Was great. And so it was like you know that was amazing because it never rained on us. You know, it was like a God's provision. Hey, hey by the us. way, by the way, can I stop? <laughs> we were outside, so those who don't know, because we always got to make then. sure that they know. We were meeting at a park during mm-hmm. COVID, and our little group of 25 people that were grew. Me- meeting grew to like 250 people, yeah. and it became a whole movement for a season yeah, at the never. park. It never rained, rained but it would but be never. forecast yeah. throughout the... Like, it's going to rain. All of our com- equipment will be ruined. And yeah. I rem- yeah. <laughs> what's interesting is I want you to finish your story because I went back to the park this week to go walk my dogs. I walked by the park and this time last year when we were there, the park was dead. The grass was dying. Remember Everything, that? Yeah. It is greener what? than we've ever seen. Like it is the because greenest. Because we were holding back the rain. We were holding <laughs> yeah, back the rain. Yeah, we were. I actually we, seeds. we were holding back the rain. <laughs> That's so funny. Because that was part of the reason why we were open to leaving. We're like, the grass is dying. It's a sign. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, go. Well, so yeah. what did you see? So, so the, that um, Sunday when it was like threatening train, I was sort of like pray, pray, prayer walking the perimeter. And I just saw like an open, sorry, I'm hitting the mic, an open heaven above where, you know, everyone um, was gathering to worship. And it was like, it was heavenly. It was like angels were worshiping the Lord and we were worshiping too. I and can so, feel that. Yeah. And it was just like, it was just like incredible. It just felt like. Was that the Sunday that there was a group of women who would hang out at this picnic table mm-hmm. off in the mm-hmm. distance and they created a little community together. Yeah. They had met off the bike path because it was like open air preaching for a season. Yeah. But that sure Sunday, was. I remember you telling me that mm-hmm. in this, when I did the altar call, this group of women came together and one of them said that they felt 
like they saw the presence of an angel. It was a wild wow. story. Yeah. Remember that? It was yeah. that I don't remember the exact details. But it was drawing people in, so it was like but they were yeah. but they had no clue what you had seen. Yeah. And it was that day was a special, special day at the park. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I also like at a young age too, I was at this is like sort of something that's like out of the box a little bit. Hey. But um when hey I was young, um I was at a church meeting with my dad and there it was like a prayer and worship night. And they had like on the back of the stage, it was like all of these curtains. So like the backdrop of the stage at this church was all of these heavy curtains. And I kept seeing this thing. It was almost like an unclean kind of a spirit, like a like it just felt like it was unclean, like maybe like a sexual something weird. And I was like, Dad, like this is really weird. I feel like there's something weird going on in that area. But like I was very young. I was like 10, 11. I was young. So it was like sort of hard to put to words like what I was even seeing. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I see something unclean on the stage off to the, you know, in this one area. And he's like, okay, thanks, honey. I'll tell the pastor, you know. Mm -hmm. And he ended up telling the pastor later. Um, and he's like, nobody knows what happened in that area behind that stage. But there was like a, some someone had fallen wow. in sin, and, and nobody in the church knew that yet. Whoa! Can I just say the the fact that you, as a child or preteen, were like, I feel this, I see something, but it's not me, yeah, and I need to like do something, like give it to somebody, or like like that's a gift, and like the fact that you knew, like this isn't mine to own, because a lot of people feel and see things, and they and there's a lot of prophetic people that are learning and they don't know like what to do with it. Yeah. But you were trained like, it's just cool to like, okay, give it to tell somebody about it. And it's not just you and not to hold on to that. And like to use that to pray, like you never know. Right. And that's That's a different, that's a different example, but well, absolutely. But all, but the, the reason why we have the spiritual gifts is for the, is for kingdom purposes. So it's to know how to pray. It's, it's to be, you know, it's to be equipped to, you know, have an open line of communication with the Lord and to share and edify the body, you know, share with people and edify. So it's supposed to build up. So, you know, a lot of times, like if we're at a prayer meeting or service, you know, the Lord will share something, even if it's like a small glimpse of something like, you know, or the Lord will put something on my heart or I'll, you know, I'll feel like the Lord will prompt me to go pray for somebody. It's like a, in the small obedience where it's like, okay, I see this little thing. And I'm like, do you mind if I share something? Yes. I feel like I saw this one thing mm-hmm. in my obedience. Cause I, nobody wants to be weird. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable at church. It's not like, you know, you want to just yeah. be normal and fit, you know, fit whatever. But just to speak the opposite and but, pray. But yeah. just to, you know, in the little obedience where you're like, you know, I felt like the Lord was saying this. Can I share this yeah. with you? And then you pray. It's like that obedience unlocks yes, the rest a lot of yes. times too. And so then it becomes more of like a flow where the Lord starts revealing more. And So because we have limited time, but this is not our only time. <laughs> oh, no. She'll this be is, back. This yeah, is very so fun. I feel like you're... Jimmy's really, a regular. She's good. She's a regular. Yeah. <laughs> she's a regular at the coffee shop where we know her drink order very well. Mm. She'll be so, here. So he, number one... Jemmy is jumping in with us as an associate pastor on our team. And so she is all in with us in May. And God is doing a miracle here at this church. And she is way in the heart of all that's happening. So that's awesome. So we're going to get more time with you then. But then also, what do you have to say to someone who is curious about whether or not God speaks and how to begin the journey? And then you know, for some people that may not ever see visions like maybe you've seen or any of that, 
How do they get started? And then how do you become content if you don't? Well, I think the key is knowing that you are created to be in the presence of God, right? Ooh. And so that kind, you know, and Jesus' sacrifice makes a way. So there is, you know, the veil is torn and you can approach the throne of God. There isn't a separation between God and man anymore because of Jesus and mm. the release of the Holy mm. Spirit. So if you want to hear God, he wants to speak to you. And so that's not, that's, there's not a so mystery. So there's not a mystery. He wants to. He wants to speak to you. Yeah. He so, created yeah. you. He loves you. You know, he's calling you. And so mm-hmm. knowing that he has something to say for you, not just for us as a body, but for you specifically, you know, the Lord is calling calling people in and, and he has a heart. Does it have to talk. be really big and really dramatic or can it be another thing? It can be. You know, it is a lot of times the still small voice, too. Sometimes it's, you know, I say this to, like, non-believing friends, too. Like, I'm like, if you want to know if God's real, go in a room, open your Bible, and ask him to show you if he's real. Mm, Because he is real. So it's like, it's not on me to convince anybody of anything, right? It's not our job to do that. It's the Holy Spirit that draws people in Mm. and his kindness that leads to repentance. But... God is speaking, and He wants to talk to us, and so that's the thing. It's like Goodness. go to your room, open the open the Bible, say, "Lord, if you're real, show me." Bingo, he'll the show Word. You. He'll show you. And he's in the water. He's in nature. He's the Word comes to life when you go out yeah. inside and see it through His eyes. Too. Yeah, it's like the you know the glory of the Lord is revealed in nature. It's like God created all of this yeah. stuff you know to reveal Himself to us. He loves us so much, and that's the thing. It's like God wants to be intimately in a relationship with you <laughs> where you know each other by name he knows your name and so he's drawing us in and in this season you know it's like come on everybody jesus is Let's calling go. it is so good that's good so jemmy thank you yeah. thank you guys this is so fun starting we're gonna go deeper we got this is just the beginning of the we're, too. we're scratching the surface yeah. it's gonna be yeah. a lot of fun mariah Appreciate thank you, you for all you Thanks, do thank you for continuing for sure. to co-host the show i wouldn't go anywhere else <laughs> okay. i wouldn't no I, i'm just messing with you mariah we we love what god's building in the church we love yeah. you jemmy i love you guys i'm love, so thankful there's we're such a, i mean i think what makes this podcast special from my perspective as a pastor and what was well, really not even this podcast. It's really just what we carry. This is just another uh-huh. stream of communication. I think our ministry, there's been such like, a, it's hard because you don't ever want to like try to build yourself up by tearing other people down. That's, that's not what you want to do because that's never the heart behind it. I'll say, I just speak for myself that I want to present something real to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get it. It's weird for some people who don't know because this is scary and it's, you can't explain a lot of it. Some of it's Mm -hmm. outside of our understanding, but my heart as a pastor and what's in our community is people are dying and they're hungry for something real. It's authenticity. Mm -hmm. They want to know, is there someone out there who can make sense of any of this? And then if they can make sense of all of that, do they care about what I'm going through. Yeah. Do they have something to say about my marriage? And that's the point of all this weird, weirder or this, any spiritual things is the point (laughs) is that he's saying I'm here. It's like he, all those signs and wonders through the old Testament and the new Testament were to show that he is the God who sees you. He's the God who's with you. Like 
still today, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like the Lord loves you. 100%. Yeah. So it's not religion. We're not doing this. I, I really have no desire for religion at all. I just, someone called my name when I was 22, 23 years old. And I went after him with all my heart, fell in love, mm-hmm. and somehow through it all, he's built a beautiful life and mm-hmm. a beautiful story. And there's been yeah. lots of life change that's happened through people, but I just want him. And so if he's real and he says it's real, I'm going after it. Amen. And so that's it. Let it out. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm here for. So thank you for listening. Thank you for checking in. Thank you for being here, Jimmy. Thank you, Mariah. Yes. We love you guys. And we hope that you continue to tune in. As we get into hopefully some really good conversations together. Let's go. Amen. Okay, we'll see you guys next time. Love you guys.